Welcome in. Farzine Vasugan here with you on a Monday night, streaming live on the Facebook page. Shout out to everyone watching live on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Vasugan. And a big shout out to everyone listening to the podcast version as well. Farzine Vasugan here with you. It is the Monday after the Super Bowl. Yes, the season is over. And the good guys won. The Kansas City Chiefs came out on top, winning against the Philadelphia Eagles, coming down to the wire. One of the uh, more exciting Super Bowls in NFL history. It is the third most watched Super Bowl in NFL history, according to ESPN. So already uh, so some some history being made there. Uh, it is... Um, boy, uh, it, was, it was an insane ending. Uh, I was worried at times. I had my doubts at times, but for the most part in general, uh, I, I was optimistic. And I was obviously saying that during the game. So for those of you guys who followed me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where, wherever, you guys all know how I felt at halftime. I was I was a little worried about the Mahomes ankle injury there. But after he was on his feet walking around before uh, they went to the locker room at halftime, they, um, I, I was just, I was just sure. Uh, Sean says they're watching, uh, they're, you're watching the replay on NFL Network. Yep, I just saw it on NFL Network. Uh, Pam says I'm ready to win the hat in your Instagram giveaway. Yes, thank you for the reminder, Pam. We are back to doing giveaways. Took a little bit of a hiatus from that. We are back now, uh, doing some Super Bowl-related giveaways. Yes, you heard that right. Super Bowl-related giveaways. Uh, go to my Facebook page. Uh, the giveaways are on... Instagram and Twitter, I mentioned this before, unfortunately, with certain restrictions, we can't do them on Facebook, uh, so we've got them on Instagram and on Twitter, so if you guys haven't done so already, check out the links uh, that I have to those websites and go enter for a chance to win either a, uh, well, for now, we've got a hat, uh, got some other things, we're going to do a shirt, we are going to do another jersey giveaway. Um, not exactly sure when we're going to do the jersey giveaway. If they still have the one with the Super Bowl patch available, then we will do the that uh, specific giveaway. Hopefully they still have them. I got mine the other day. I ordered mine the other day, uh, and it's not coming until May. So, um, hopefully people are still, uh, going to be cool with that. Hopefully they still have them available whenever we get to that part of our giveaway. Uh, but for now we are doing a Super Bowl hat giveaway and we've got uh, some other giveaways coming up real soon. So if you guys haven't, be sure you're following me on Instagram and on Twitter. For those of you listening to the podcast version, I do have the links in the description every episode, what my social media is. So check that out if you haven't done so already. A lot of you guys are watching on the live stream. Welcome in. I appreciate you guys joining me. I've got a question that, that I want to ask you guys to start things off. What was your play of the game? Because there are three big ones that stand out the most to me. Number one was the, and I'm going in chronological order here. Number one was the Nick Bolton scoop score, uh, the uh, the scoop six going, um, uh, picking up uh, the fumble from Jalen Hurts, taking advantage of that mistake and running all the way for a touchdown. The number two big play for me is the Kadarius Tony punt return. That was a really, really huge return right there. And then I think the last big play to me was Patrick Mahomes' run at the end of the game. Because that moment right there to me was a big indication the Chiefs were going to win that football game. Right there. It's really hard to pick one 
Because without the Nick Bolton fumble, without the big punt return from Kadarius Tony, you know, the, the punt return from Kadarius Tony, I think the Chiefs still could have done some things, but man, that punt return still would have absolutely helped. Um, and then the uh, the run in the end right there. The run in the end to me was like a big seal uh, right there. It's kind of sealed the deal. Um, Travis was open all game. Rajay says uh, Mahomes up uh, the middle. Uh, I'm losing the comments here. Hold on, hold on. Bear with me, bear with me. Dave says Mahomes up the middle. Matthew says the Nick Bolton score. Susie says the Tony return. Brad says scoop and score. Mark says the Nick Bolton scoop and score. Tony punt return, Lorian. Elaine says Tony. Rob says Tony. The Jalen Hurts fumble. The fumble. Nick and Mark. Uh, Michael says the Bolton team. Wow. Uh, I thought that I thought a lot of you guys were going to lean one way. We've got kind of a kind of a three way tie on this one. That's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, it, it's really hard to pick one. Um, okay, the Tony return, it was great. Don't get me wrong. Actually, like, the closer he got, I was like, man, he might, he might get in. Rajay says the Skymore touchdown. Can we talk about that for a second? Andy Reid got a touchdown pass. The first one was to, I'm talking about the two plays that were the exact same plays. He threw one, I think the first one was to Kadarius Tony. And then, after the punt return, Andy Reid called the same exact play. The only difference was, it was on the other side of the field, to Sky Moore. That was pretty damn creative right there. See, I've been such a big critic of Andy Reid. The thing with Andy Reid is, he's been to 10 conference championship games and for a long time he was not getting that Super Bowl win and listen I I know a lot of people are saying well he didn't have Mahomes in the past look I love Patrick Mahomes as much as anyone else Patrick Mahomes is not the end-all be-all to Super Bowl wins Uh, we've had 57 Super Bowls. Only two of them have been won by Patrick. You can win. Listen, you know, even during the Tom Brady run, um, there have been quarterbacks not named Tom Brady to even beat Tom Brady head-to-head in the Super Bowl. Uh, The thing with Andy Reid is he had a great team in in Philadelphia. I thought Donovan McNabb was a great quarterback. Uh, Is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? I think so, but I think not having a championship is going to maybe delay his entry to the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. But I think Andy Reid... See, Michael says Eagles were loaded. Reid has improved. I 100% agree with you, Michael. I think Andy Reid has really improved over the years. I think this year was by far the best year with Andy Reid's play calling. There were still some issues at times. But, man... um, I think Andy Reid's really come a long way. Like, if we had that aggressive Andy Reid in that 2013 Indianapolis playoff game or in that uh, Tennessee playoff game or last year even in the AFC Championship game, I don't know, man. I, I just think we've got at least more playoff wins and perhaps a chance to get into uh, more Super Bowl discussions. I don't know. Uh, everything's happened for a reason, but to me, 
this whole thing with Kansas City and Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid really has come a long ways. Uh, it wasn't again. It wasn't pretty. the The offense in the first half was not very good. After the after the Chiefs' first drive, where they got that touchdown pass from Mahomes to Kelsey, Chiefs' offense was not very good. Uh, Mahomes had that injury late in the in the first half, and a lot of people wondered, "Is this it right here?" Because if it was not for that Nick Bolton touchdown, it could have easily been thirty-one to seven at halftime. And I think you know, just saying that alone. To answer my own previous question, I think that Nick Bolton play might have been the play of the game right there. Um, Because here's another way to look at it. The team that made the fewest mistakes in this game won. Well, the only turnover we had was that scoop score from Nick Bolton. Um, And then that penalty near the end, which I'll get into later because that is the controversy. Uh, it can't be a Super Bowl win for the Chiefs without some controversy, because uh, why not, right? Um, but I think that scoop score right there made a big difference, because it kept it to a 10-point game rather than a 31-7 to game. Matthew says, boom, you just said it, defense wins championships. Yeah, we had that discussion, I think, on our Red Friday live stream, Matthew. I think you were the one who, uh, who brought that up. Um, and listen, speaking of defense, uh, Philadelphia... They've had a great defense all year. If you include the playoffs, Philadelphia has had 78 sacks on the season. They had zero in the biggest game of the year. They had zero in another game this year. I think it was against the Dallas Cowboys in the regular season. But how do you have 78 freaking sacks and you're going up against the MVP, albeit an MVP that's got a bad ankle, and you can't get a sack on him. Now, that's not to say Philadelphia's pass rush was non-existent. They did some things to to give Mahomes trouble, but Mahomes did not get sacked once, and I think you've got to give credit to this offensive line. I have been very critical of Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley this year, and guess what? Tonight's the night those guys get their flowers because... I think those two guys played a damn great game. Listen, I am more than happy to pay Orlando Brown whatever the hell he wants if that Orlando Brown shows up day in and day out. The problem with Orlando Brown is there is a consistency issue there. So I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do with him moving forward. That's a that's a topic for another time and another episode. But I've got to say, I just feel like if this Chiefs team you, you know, you look what happened two years ago in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs had no pass protection for Patrick Mahomes. But when they recognized the issue, they said, look, we got to part ways with Eric Fisher and with Mitchell Schwartz. It, listen, I, I love those two guys and everything they did for us. But unfortunately, Mitchell Schwartz, he was not able to continue his career. And Eric Fisher, I mean, he... Did not have a good run in Indianapolis. It was a short run. And he was available for most of this season too. So for Brett Veach to get rid of those guys. Bring in Orlando Brown from a Baltimore team. I know Baltimore was not the same team this year. But at the time, Baltimore was still considered a top dog in the conference. So you got a big name player from a conference. uh, uh, Another team in the conference. 
You went out and you got Joe Tooney, again, from within the conference, drafted uh, Creed Humphrey, and found a diamond in the rough in Trey Smith. What a shift. And I would even argue that Lucas Niang was a fantastic right tackle up until his injury last year. I don't know what the future holds for Lucas Niang. I really hope he has an opportunity to, at the very least, compete against Andrew Wiley. I, I don't know exactly the contract situations. Let me look up Andrew Wiley and um, let's see. Andrew Wiley's spot track. What is his uh, contract situation? He is set to be a free agent. Oh, what do you know? Uh, and then Lucas Niang. Let me look that up. Because Andrew Wiley, I will say, did play a much better game in the Super Bowl than the last two games. Lucas Niang is still under contract through 2024, so he's going to be here for a couple of years. I want to see Lucas Niang one more time at the right tackle position. Uh, we didn't see him this year, but I think there's a chance that he's going to go out there and uh, be given a chance to uh, compete for the starting right tackle spot. What's going to happen at left tackle? Boy, I don't know. There are some options there. There certainly are. Um, Michael's asking future for MVS and Juju. Well, MVS signed a three-year deal, so he's got two more years left. Juju is, is, is you know, by the way, I, I, let me just answer your question. Juju is 100% a priority. Him and Jarek McKinnon, two huge priorities. Um, I would imagine Orlando Brown is, is somewhere in there, though they may be on the fence about that too. But Juju, he had a very quiet first half. He rose to the occasion in the second half. He led the Chiefs in receptions with seven. You could not have asked for a much better performance from your number one wideout. For as much as people want to say the Chiefs do not have a true standout wide receiver, and it is true, they don't have that number one dominant receiver anymore. But if there was anyone that really stepped it up in the second half like a number one receiver... Juju was the guy. Juju was absolutely the guy. And I think he definitely had a big impact in Kansas City's rise. I did not realize this until this morning listening to talk radio. The Chiefs scored a touchdown on every single drive except for the game-winning field goal. And if the Chiefs wanted to, they could have scored because Philadelphia was actually letting Jarek McKinnon walk. By the way, I'm just going to be completely honest, man. That takes a lot of discipline to not score like think about it it's the freaking super bowl okay if that's me i would have been like fuck all you 21 other players on the field i am scoring this bitch this is the super bowl i've dreamed of this moment um i'm also selfish so that's probably why i, I would not be on an nfl team uh, in addition to uh terrible athletic ability um but, man, the Chiefs scored a touchdown on every single drive except for the last one. And on the last one, the way they were moving the football, they could have easily scored if they wanted to. So that was a really good good second half for the Chiefs. Just the way they came back. Um, they trailed three times this year. By 10 or more points against the Chargers and the 49ers down by 10 and against the Raiders by 17. The Chiefs came back in all of those games. I don't know what else you can ask from this Chiefs football team. Because this Chiefs football team, boy, uh, again, not pretty at times. But you know what? When you are 
in the playoffs. When you're the number one team, like the Chiefs have been the past five, six years, whatever it's been, this is a team that everyone is going to give it their best shot. Kind of like how they did with Tom Brady and the Patriots for so many years, for 18 years to be exact. You're in the Super Bowl. It's not going to come easy. If it was easy, you would see Derek Carr in the Super Bowl, right? You would see a lot of mediocre quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. But you don't. And that is why, at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes has a very good chance to go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. This guy right here, at the age of 27 years old, has two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs, two regular season MVPs. He was awarded two MVP awards within 72 hours. Now, the NFL honors used to be Saturday nights, so it could have been 24 hours. Neither here nor there, not the point. The point is, this guy, outside of Tom Brady, might be the most accomplished quarterback in his first six years in the NFL. And you got to understand, he didn't even play his first year, except for week 17 against the Broncos. What this guy has accomplished, and look, I still remember at the time, a lot of people, including me, wanted Deshaun Watson. Wow. With everything that's happened to Deshaun Watson on, specifically off the field, even more so off the field, I should say, boy, did the Chiefs get away with this one. Because sometimes the Chiefs have had some bad luck with certain players they've brought in, whether in free agency, the draft. Uh, Look, I remember, you know, they bring in guys like Ty Law, Sammy Knight, Patrick Sertan, guys who were good before coming to Kansas City. Kendrell Bell. Remember Kendrell Bell? Uh, But when they come to Kansas City, they just weren't the same guys. Ty Law did have a bit of a good run at one point with the Chiefs. But, you know, I mean, the Chiefs have brought in so many guys with so much expectations. Uh, Unfortunately, they just did not come to fruition. Now you're starting to see it. Joe Tooney comes to Kansas City, living up to the hype. Creed Humphrey, living up to uh, even beyond his uh, draft pick status. Um, Yeah, they've had guys like Clyde Edwards-Lair, who is not living up to his first-round hype and all that. But more times than not, you're getting a lot of guys coming to Kansas City that are playing above and beyond expectations. And that is why Kansas City has been to five straight AFC championships Hosting all of them at home, by the way, and three Super Bowls in four years, winning two of them in four years. This Chiefs team is now the standard for what teams need to do. Andy Reid has found a way to kind of revolutionize offensive schemes. Look at what he's been doing with you know the 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 pitch the underhand the the uh ring around the rosy snow globe whatever you want to call it um i mean so many different things out there. the the, the no look passes um though i would say that's more mahomes than andy reed uh look at those two touchdown plays to sky Moore and Kadarius tony andy reed is really fucking creative when he wants to so this is a guy that at the end of the day 
you know, seeing how he coached that Super Bowl kind of confuses me a little bit. Why did he allow some of those collapses to happen in the past? But you know what, man? I've been a big critic of Andy Reid's and the things that he has done. But you know what can overshadow all of that? Multiple Super Bowl rings. That cannot be taken away from Andy Reid ever. A lot of you guys are talking about Kelsey. Listen, Kelsey had a great game. But we've got to understand something here. Because Kelsey got the first offensive touchdown of the game. After that, who scored an offensive touchdown? Oh yeah, Isaiah Pacheco. Sky Moore. Kadarius Toney. And almost Jarek McKinnon. You know what all of those guys I mentioned not named Travis Kelsey? You know what those guys have in common? Their names are not Tyreek Hill. For us, can we talk about this for a moment? I know a lot of people don't like to hear the name, though I guess it's kind of different now because the narrative is now, oh, look at what the Chiefs are doing without Tyreek Hill. Because that's what it's turned into. It's now turned into from, oh my God, what are the Chiefs going to do without Tyreek Hill to, holy shit, look what they're doing without Tyreek Hill. I should be saying this in active voice. Look at what they've done without Tyreek Hill. Um, Look, I've said this so many times in the last seven days. I would take Tyreek back in a heartbeat. But you can't have everyone. Uh, And with the salary cap and players wanting to get paid. uh, Okay, guys, I'm seeing a lot. I'm, I'm trying to ignore the comments, but so many people are bringing this up. Who cares about this fake news drug test that's being pulled out there? Man, I, I mean, I don't want to do this, but part of me kind of wants to. I would love to, like, create, like, some fake story to uh, to see, like, how many people are going to buy it. I mean, we've seen enough. Like, we have so many Chiefs fans out there claiming to have inside information only to be wrongs time after time after time. Like, chill. I mean, it's not real. Um, this, trust me, this would be like on the front, like CNN, Fox News, ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever. They would all be talking about this this second if Patrick Mahomes tested positive. All of your smartphone devices would be blowing up right now with notifications that you didn't even sign up for if this was true. Um it's almost like the uh, the player Arian Foster went on Barstool Sports and it was, they were all joking about the script and people took that seriously, but neither here nor there. I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, Tyree Kill. Uh, look, man. Uh, does he regret? Some of you guys are asking, does he regret what he did? Look, man. Um, he wanted his money and good on him. I think he earned it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's a single father of three kids, so. Um, yeah, I can see him wanting to make all that money. Um, cause some of these guys don't do anything after football. And if you are very smart financially, like Tyreek Hill, I mean, I don't know if he is or isn't, I don't, I don't know what, I mean, listen, I'm sure he's got getting some nice things for himself, but if you do make a lot of money and you're very wise with it, um, I suppose you could get a job in the media or in football as a coach, something, and just. Enjoy the rest of your money uh, if you're smart and wise with it. Um, especially mentioning, you know, his personal situation, a single father of three. Uh, that Now he made a decision. He and the Chiefs just didn't agree to terms, 
and he wanted to go elsewhere where he was going to make that money. He has to live by that. Um, if he regrets it, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that'll be like one of the things he gets asked about whenever the Dolphins get their OTAs underway. Because Tyreek Hill was talked about a lot. Like the two people who were talked about the most last week were Donna Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Those are the two people that got the most attention last week for the Super Bowl. Um, he's got to have some negative knowing the Chiefs didn't need him. Uh, no, of course, Michael. Um, I mean, there's a part of him that's probably like, man, I, I could have been there. Um, but on the other side, he got the money that, that he asked for. So what is it? 25, $30 million. I, I don't know exactly what he, what he's making. Um, somewhere around there, somewhere around that, uh, that range. Uh, look, man, I, I guess, uh, making 25 mil a year to miss out on the Super Bowl is, is not the worst thing in the world. There are millions of people that have it way worse uh, in the world right now. Uh, I'll tell you that. So, uh, listen, he's got a ring. He's got at least one. So I think uh, he'll be just fine. Let's discuss the controversy here because I've got some things to say about that with uh, with James Bradbury. By the way, I saw a funny joke that um, there are two uh, New York Giants players that screwed over Philadelphia, James Bradbury and Kadarius Tony. I got a kick out of that. Um, I'm sure Eagles fans absolutely despise that joke, but um, the whole thing with James Bradbury, he held him. I just saw Mahomes was on CNN. Um, or I'm sorry, he was not just on. It was uh, recorded earlier. Um, someone told me that he was going to be on, so I turned on uh, turned it on on my TV just to check it out. And he was asked about that by Jake Tapper and mentioned that. There was a reason why the ball was not even close to Juju because when he threw the ball, Juju wasn't even close to that area where he was supposed to because he was held up. James Bradbury himself has even pleaded guilty saying, yeah, I held him and I was hoping they would miss it. Now, there are a lot of people out there that are saying, let it go, let them play. What does that mean? Explain the whole let them play. You can't do this on a big... Greg Olson was like, ah, I don't know. You can't really do this on the big stage. Why not? Just because it's the big stage in the waning moments of a game does not mean you can't all of a sudden call, call penalties. Everyone wants the referees to, quote, let them play until it's their team that is on the favorable end of a penalty call. Olsen needs to be fired, period. Well, he's going to get replaced by Tom Brady, right? Isn't that isn't that, uh, isn't that going to be Tom Brady's job now? So I suppose that's happening. Uh, listen, everyone loves to... You know what's funny is, you know, this is second game in a row where a lot of people are are uh, criticizing, officiating, and, and accusing the Chiefs of, you know, paying the refs or whatever, rigging games and whatnot, and, and the whole, like, conversation of the script started. The Chiefs in the AFC Championship game lost three wide receivers, okay? And they balled out. Their, Sky Moore, who struggled with punt returns this year, had a huge punt return. But, yeah, blame the refs. The Eagles dominated this game statistically, with first downs, time of possession. But yeah, let's blame the referees for all of this. You know, 
78 sacks all year, zero last night. Let's play, let's blame it on the refs. Blame it on the refs, man. That's all you got to do. And look, I know what a lot of people are saying, um, and I don't think people are wrong when they say this. They're saying, why do you call that, but you don't call other penalties that could, should have been called earlier in the game? Yeah, th- that I 100% agree with. There were missed calls on both sides. Um, by the way, I heard Dan Orlovsky say this on ESPN this morning, and I also heard uh, Clay, Ma- not Clay Matthews, uh, AJ Hawk, wrong Packers linebacker. AJ, AJ Hawk said this on the Pat McAfee show when Juju got held by Bradbury. Juju was not signaling to the ref, complaining and asking for a flag. That is a stupid logic. Like people are trying to use that as a reason as to why the flag should not have been thrown. So if a player is not asking for a flag, therefore it's not a flag, that makes zero sense. Juju, earlier in the game, was complaining to the refs about a a, a no-call. But Orlovsky was not saying anything about it. A.J. Hawk was not saying anything about it. Yeah, it's so funny. Listen... Anyone who has followed me long enough knows I am the last person that will ever blame a game on officiating. I will criticize officials. I'll criticize referees. But a game is not won and lost because of referees. Do you know how many Raiders fans were crying? Remember when the Chiefs were up 17-0? Or, I'm sorry, the Raiders were up 17-0 and the Chiefs came back and won that game? Do you know how many Raiders fans blamed that game on the refs? You're really going to blame it on the refs and not the fact that you blew a 17-0 lead? Do you know how many 49ers fans are blaming Super Bowl 54 on officiating? Really? You're going to blame it on officiating? You were up by 10 midway through the fourth quarter, and you let the Chiefs in seven minutes go on a 21-0 run. Listen, I remember when the Chiefs Lost to the Titans. You guys remember that playoff game against the Titans where Travis Kelsey had to leave the game with a concussion. Marcus Mariota threw a touchdown pass to himself. The Chiefs were up by 18 points in that game. I think it was 21-3 to at halftime. Or right before half. I don't remember exactly. Now, there was a very terrible forward progress call um, that helped the uh, Titans get a, a field goal. Keeping possession rather than a fumble recovery for Derek Johnson. And then in the uh, two-point try, um, they called forward progress again. That one, I I think, was more correctly called. Um, I think it was Marcus Peters who stripped the ball and ran all the way for what a lot of people thought was a pick two. But in my opinion, that was correctly called a forward progress stop there. But let's just say it was a bad call. The referees only cost you five points in that game. The Chiefs did not lose that football game because of officiating. The Chiefs lost that game because they scored 21 points or whatever it was in the first half. And they went completely dark in the second half. Absolutely nowhere to be seen. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I do agree with you, Mark. I think that um, I think Nick Bolt should have had two uh, two touchdowns last night. That that second one right there. Listen, the way I saw it, 
The guy caught the ball. It's in his hands. And both of his feet are down. Don't, I don't care about a football move. I don't, I don't even know what that means. I guess that means you start running. I don't know. He has the ball and his feet are down. If that was a pass in the end zone or a catch, I should say in the end zone, every single Eagles fan would be crying if that was ruled incomplete in the end zone. That would have been ruled a touchdown. That should have been a scoop score number two for Bolton. Um, But back to my point about officiating. I never blame games on officiating. You can't blame. I I remember... um, People when when the Chiefs lost uh, that twenty eight point blow uh, that twenty eight point lead against the um, who was it against the Colts? I saw Chiefs fans on Twitter that game blaming things on uh, the field, the turf. Really, you're gonna blame a twenty eight point blown lead to, on the turf? No, man, you lost that game because you got complacent and you just flat out choked. Um. Fans are so quick. I mean, listen, I get some fans don't want to criticize their own players. Listen, I'm a biased fan, uh, but I'm also not a blind homer. I think there's a difference between the two. Um, I will criticize players on my team, coaches on my favorite team, when I think they deserve it. At the end of the day, the Chiefs, uh, they they got a call in their favor, not because it was a terrible call, because it was the right call. It was 100% the right call. There were missed calls, bad calls on both sides. You know, let me tell you a quick story. So, as a kid, I played basketball. One of the things that stuck with me since I was a kid, I remember um, going to a basketball camp at Johnson County Community College. For those of you that live in the Kansas City area, you guys know where that is. Uh, I went to a basketball camp, and their, um, their assistant coach and some of the players on the team uh, were there for the basketball camp. And I remember there were like a lot of kids at that basketball camp just complaining about. So the players and the assistant coaches that are there managing the basketball camp, they're also, you know, serving as referees while the kids are playing basketball, doing whatever. And kids are complaining about, you know, a missed foul call or something. And I remember the um, the coach that was running that basketball camp, he just gathered everyone at one point and said, look. We hear a lot of you kids complaining about missed calls or or whatever. And he was sharing a quick story that, you know, there have been so many times where his basketball team has dealt with missed calls. They've also been on the other end of bad calls or missed calls that have gone in their favor. And to me, that's just something that's always stuck with me when it comes to sports in general. Because I can, not that I have the time for this, but if anyone wants to follow all, uh, do this, okay? Whenever football season gets underway next year, watch Thursday Night Football, which is going to be Kansas City versus probably Philadelphia. Watch Thursday Night Football. Watch some of the games on Sunday. Watch Sunday night. Watch Monday night. And watch those games closely, Okay. Pretend you have a rooting interest. Just just pick a team. Pretend like you put 100 bucks on them and watch very closely. Because here's what I want to say. You will notice that in every single game, there are going to be bad calls, missed calls for both teams. Both good and bad. 
I'm not defending officiating here. I will say this about officiating. It is not an easy job. Um, I would never want to be a referee in any sport. You know, when Patrick Mahomes, I say this so many times and I'll keep saying this. When Patrick Mahomes throws a touchdown pass or if he commits a turnover or if the Chiefs end up punting on fourth down, what does Patrick Mahomes do when he's going to the sidelines after the drive ends? He sits down on the bench, getting water, talking to the assistants, doing whatever. What do the referees do when the Chiefs drive is over? They are still on the field. They're not going to the sidelines. They don't go sit on the bench. Look at baseball. When a baseball player is up to bat and it's 100 degrees in July right here in Kansas City with all that shitty humidity that we have. Uh, if they um, get a home run or if they strike out or if they get a base hit and eventually um, score a run, what do they do? Well, they go to the dugout and they go sit down on the bench. They get some water. They recharge their batteries, essentially. What do the umpires do? They're on the diamond the entire damn time. They never leave the diamond for one second. Yeah, occasionally in between innings, uh, sometimes you'll see equipment managers go give them water because I mean they're human too. I mean it's it's humidity or outdoors. All that's kind of, that's the way baseball works. The point I'm trying to make here is this: um, officiating is not easy. Those guys are on the field the entire time, on the court in basketball or whatever. You got the idea. Do they make mistakes? Yes, that is part of the reason. Why teams are allowed two challenges, and if both challenges are correct, they are awarded a third challenge. My thing is, and I've said this so many times, I said this before the game yesterday too. With all the technology we have today, with 4K cameras, high def, whatever, With all the things we have today, you would think by now the NFL would do something. Because, again, New York can get involved, right? Everyone knows about that. Um, There's all this talk about a sky judge. The NFL has the money and the resources to be better about these kinds of things. But, nope, Roger Goodell, Mr. I think, you know, officiating is the best it's ever been. He says no. Then this is why you get all the complaints that you get every single... Listen, a lot of people say you could call holding on every play. I, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I do think it is ridiculous that we can't review every single play in the NFL. If, if someone thinks there's defensive pass interference or offensive pass interference or, um, or, or there was a missed holding call... I think teams should be allowed to throw a challenge flag for that, and referees should go and review that if they are asked to review that. Um, but we don't have that capability. Why? It's not like it is some insurmountable uh, course to get to. I mean, this is something that is easy to fix, but the NFL doesn't want to go in that direction. I know some people are going to say, well, games are going to take longer. Folks, 
We can't have it both ways. We can't complain about terrible officiating and then say if everything is allowed to be reviewed, uh, albeit you're only allowed two challenges, three if the if both the first two are, are uh, done right. Um, you know, you you you're still limited as to what you how many challenges you have, but you should be able to review everything that you want to review. Um, I just, I just, I just don't understand it sometimes. Other sports do it better. College football has it better than the NFL. How about the multiple false starts by the Eagles right now? Yeah, I noticed that too, Sean. I did. I noticed that. Um, I just think at the end of the day, people want to put a dark cloud over Kansas City's Super Bowl win because of officiating. These are the same people that wrote off the Chiefs since the Tyreek Hill trade and... Kept writing them off saying, oh, well, they've got a hard schedule. Oh, no, now it all of a sudden turned into an easy schedule. That's funny. I thought the Chiefs had a hard schedule. Now everyone's saying it's an easy schedule. Oh, well, they got lucky against the Jags. Oh, well, they got lucky with some bad calls against the Bengals. Well, well, now it's just bad calls. You know, now they're blaming it on the field as if only the, the terrible field impacted one team. It's crazy, man. It's crazy how far people are willing to go just to... Try to not give credit to the best team in the NFL. And you know what? I love it, man. I really love it. Bring it on, man. This is my team right here that, you know, has been shit on for so many years. And now it's the other way around where people are jealous and just really coming up with any and every excuse in the book. Um, I love it. Amanda says haters going to hate. I Preaching to the choir. Um Listen, I've never blamed Patriots' victory. I shouldn't say pa- blaming their victories, but yeah, I've never like brought up you know officiating in that one. It's like, man, the Patriots are just flat out better than you. That's just it. Like, there's no, you can't get enough help from officiating to win six Super Bowls. Okay, Brady went on to win seven, but man, it's just you know. And by the way, the seventh one he won. That people acknowledge online there was some bad officiating, uh, and Tampa Bay was cutting all these calls. You know, uh, Matthew goes over to talk shit to Brady. He gets penalized, but Brady goes over to do it to Matthew. He doesn't get a penalty for it. Um, I mean, come on. Next is going to be blaming the fans. Yeah. Oh, ask Elway that one. Hope everyone comes back next season so we can run it back. Yeah, but hey, that's how I'm wearing the shirt today. Run it back. That's why I'm wearing this today. Because in 363 days, ladies and gentlemen, the Chiefs are going to go to a stadium that they are undefeated at called Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. And they're going to run it back right then and there. I'm excited for that one. All right, I'm going to keep this short. Uh, I just want to talk about the Super Bowl, man. Nothing else really matters at the moment. Uh... I do want to give a big thank you to all of you guys for an outstanding season. I said this yesterday. Uh, we hit 50,000 followers on the Facebook page. Yes, the Chiefs flag is buried there, Sean. You're right. Uh, we hit 50,000 followers uh, before the Super Bowl. Bef- uh, right before last year's Super Bowl, we had 29,000 followers. So we had more than 21,000 new followers on this page. That is the most we've ever had in one year, obviously. So... Big shout outs to all of you guys. Um, you guys are the ones that help make this work. You guys are the ones that make this happen. So a big thanks to you guys. Um, 
that's why I'm always paying paying you guys back because uh, of everything you guys have done for me with the giveaways. Um, that's for you guys. So speaking of the giveaways, I am giving away a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl hat. All you got to do is uh, check the pin post if you're on Facebook. If you're following me on Instagram and Twitter, that is where the actual giveaways are. Um, unfortunately, due to certain restrictions, we can't do them on Facebook. We tried to do it in the preseason, but they shut it down. I'm not risking the page. So um, that's why uh, we don't have them on Facebook. People keep asking, and I keep answering the same things over and over again. Thankfully, people are like understanding of, of that once I tell them the answer. Uh, but yeah, man, we've been doing giveaways since the preseason. Um, just about every single week except for one. I think I was traveling that week, and I just didn't want to lose track of things. Um, so we've been doing giveaways since the preseason every week. Find me another Chiefs page or anyone that does Chiefs content that is that has been doing giveaways since the preseason. I dare you to to, uh, to find me that. I challenge you guys. Thanks, Melinda. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Amanda. I appreciate you guys. Um, Joe, I appreciate it. Uh, all of you guys, Tyler, Melinda, um, Mark, uh, several others. I'm sure a lot of people have come and gone. Robert. Throughout the live stream. So uh, much appreciation goes out to all of you guys for um, for joining me. If you guys haven't done so, before you guys get out of here, give this uh, video a thumbs up. Uh, it greatly helps out the live streams. Um, that always helps out. Uh, all right. I am out of here, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Farcecast. Subscribe to the podcast. If you guys miss any part of the show from the live portion, we are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you can listen to podcasts. Check out Farcecast on there. Uh, we're still going to be doing some content. We're still going to be doing some uh, some stuff, chief stuff, football stuff, non-sports related stuff. We're going to be doing all kinds of things on the Facebook page and on the podcast as well. So I look forward to doing all of that in the near future. All right, I'm out of here, guys. Good night. Take care. Peace out. Go Chiefs. Super Bowl champs. <laughs>